Yoda is a criminal mastermind. This baby Yoda creature, whatever he is, this is what we've seen in the Mandalorian episode two. First, he tries to stick his finger in the wound of the Mandalorian. He's striving <laughs> to just literally just rub his finger in that wound. Then he mercilessly kills an innocent animal in order to make an orphan out of its hairy egg and then serves it to these barbarians. And then on top of that, he fakes sleeping for days to avoid helping out in in any way with repairing the ship. And then he wakes up at the at the very end to try to strangle the Mandalorian to death. This monster baby needs to be stopped. Oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ignore the Bell. My name is Nathan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Luke. And we are talking about episode two of The Mandalorian. So this will be a review slash discussion of the episode. I don't know if that really spoiled anything with me doing that, but we're going to be talking about the content of the episode, if that did, if that was not already clear. Uh, and this episode does actually have a title, which is interesting. Yeah. It is yeah. chapter two, The Child. Yeah, is... <laughs> the evil child. Evil <laughs> child. I know that I'm interpreting this correctly. Anybody who thinks he's cute, they're misreading the show. I know what's going on. It's like he's gremlins. the real villain. What's that, Luke? It's like gremlins. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> like once you get exposed to a certain amount of things, and he just goes insane. Correct. Yeah, it's coming. Like, I'm telling you, though, that there was evidence of it. He's he's basically like Damien, the Antichrist. He's just, he is this evil little baby. That's why there's a bounty on his head. You know, these people working in the, you know, underground, the black market of, of you know, trying to get these awful, awful people off of the streets and, I don't know, spaceways of the galaxy, <laughs> trying to get these criminals. Like, they don't make mistakes. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, all right, now we do have a sponsor for today's episode. So our sponsor is brought to us by the Harry Eggs Con uh, sorry, the Harry Eggs Council. Uh, so in case you're unaware, Harry Eggs, they make for a great meal, especially if you get the green milk from the sea monster. So get some good <laughs> green milk from the sea monster and then pair that with a gigantic hairy egg and you have got yourself quite the breakfast. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Luke Skywalker, obviously, he wasn't doing, he, he was doing without all of those niceties of the modern world. He still had the green sea monster milk, but you know, he was really denying himself these hairy eggs as well, because that's that's really a good, wholesome breakfast. Oh, so, yeah. They, yeah. They, they make uh, a great meal for an entire community of Jawas. So, <laughs> they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So, hairy eggs. It does the Jawa good. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to save the rest of the discussion um, for the other side of the opening. Right? So we're all good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. No, oh, man. I wish this discussion could go on forever. Ignore the bell. We're going to keep going, people. All right. So this is our review discussion of The Mandalorian, Episode 2, The Child. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to treat this similar to how we treated the first episode, where we're kind of going to give an overview of the episode, and we'll kind of comment as we go. So the the first 10 minutes of this, I think, are brilliant. People who are complaining about this, I think they just, they don't, they're not very, and I'm not trying to 
be too critical, but I think they just don't have an appreciation for how visual filmmaking really can be. And that film is, this is at least a, a theoretical concept in terms of film, that film is primarily a visual mode of storytelling. Right. right, that you, yeah. you compare that to something like uh, a stage performance uh, with like a musical or an opera where, you know, like what is an opera without the music, right? What's a, a stage production of a musical without the music and the songs and the dancing and all of that? Uh, or a, a piece of literature, right? Where it's storytelling, but it's really in text. And, and so yeah. film historically has been a primarily a visual mode of storytelling. And you actually get that. And it's impressive to see that with something this mainstream, this commercial, where it's being marketed to this mass audience. So for the first 10 minutes, you get, uh, you don't have any dialogue at all. I don't know what you guys thought of that, but I was appreciative of that. I thought, like, this is great that they're willing to do this with the show. Yeah, no, I I really, really loved it. It was uh, a great introduction uh, to this journey of uh, the Mandalorian and, and this little child. Um, we get to see how he's, like, protective over the child. And, yeah, I, I don't, it, was, it was just great. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. It was really good. I just I like how they keep doing that. Like, because in the first one, it was mm-hmm. sort of similar to it, especially like intro wise, because he didn't talk at all. And then even though other people were talking, and it was still kind of like like he wasn't. So I like that they keep doing that, and it's not just like we're only going to do that sometimes. It's like they keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know, and, and it's. Uh... I'm glad that other people have started noticing this. So I want to try to pull this up if I can. And it's not just me who has commented on this, but let me just find it here. Uh, Joe Hill, who is the the son of Stephen King, but he's you know an accomplished writer in his own right, um, and including like both novels and comics. He's a horror writer primarily. Then he said, this is his tweet from the other day. He said, The Mandalorian... Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name reimagined for the Star Wars universe. Uh, In other words, totally great. You can feel otherwise, but I have spoken, right? And so (laughs) it very much is Clint Eastwood's Man Without a Name. And like these Westerns from the 1960s. And I know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure that we've talked about it before. I can't remember what episode it was. Uh, But I've said before that Clint Eastwood famously in one of like the, the screenplays, like he was with all of these westerns that he did in the 60s he was constantly saying there's too much talking there's too much talking we've got to trim this down and so like i think he had something like he wrote like an eight page or a a 10 page screenplay for like so like it's supposed to be basically in case anybody does not know it's supposed to be about a minute on the page is a minute on the screen or sorry like like Sorry, like one page approximates uh, one minute of screen time. So if you want to do a 90-minute film, then the screenplay should be approximately 90 pages in length. And so he looked at this thing that was, I think it was like really, really short, like 10 pages or something. And he's like, there's too much talking. (laughs) And it's terrific. And I just love that. And it's one of these things of not only is this in a lot of ways um, kind of an atavistic mode of filmmaking where it is 
going back to this style that we haven't seen in a while where it is primarily visual, but it's also featuring a character where this is, and I'm trying not to make this, I hope this is not a controversial thing to, to say, but it's like a, a different form, more of a traditional form of masculinity of stop talking. Stop telling us what you're thinking. Stop telling us about your feelings. Doesn't matter what you're thinking. Doesn't matter what you're feeling. A man does. He doesn't talk. He just does stuff, right? And that's mm. who the Mandalorian is. Everybody else, they're all, you know, blabbing away, blabbing away. But the idea of talk is cheap. Like, where are the actual actions? And this mm. is a character who just, he's not interested in talking. And he's just trying to get the job done. And, you know, I mean, this is, of course, what, like, generations of women have complained about. It's like, he never <laughs> talks to me! <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just this whole generation of, like, you know, don't talk to her. Don't say anything. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's it's interesting, because I think it, it's you're getting these homages going back to Westerns, not just in the fact that you're getting this iconography on screen, as we talked about with episode one, but even in terms of the, the lack of dialogue and it being primarily visual storytelling that you get that for the first third of this episode. Um, and like we, and you just see like, wow, there is a lot of, of content that we watch all the time, whether it's film or television where there's so much, unnecessary dialogue and yeah. I, i'm not trying to you know pick on any one particular like form of, of storytelling but i mean like I, I think this is especially true with stuff that's like blockbusters that are being marketed towards as many audiences as possible like as as diverse of an audience as possible like in the mcu then there's so much of it of like well we can't we can't allow people to be confused. We have to tell them what's happening. We have to tell them what's happening. We have to tell them what's happening. And it's like, it's right there. Shut up. <laughs> Let me just yeah. watch. T tell mm. them and remind them. And remind, remind them, them again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think it's actually fairly brave that they're doing something that requires audiences to at least be, to some degree, fairly mature and patient as they're watching and to be paying attention to details. Like I saw one person who's just an idiot i watch enough criticism of this like enough reviews to like to be like okay i understand what the stupid critics are saying like and these are complete <laughs> hacks who have got like massive youtube channels but they're just hacks and like one of the things that this guy said is oh this is good for modern audiences because it gives them a chance to like play on their phone in between like action sequences where they're not getting distracted and i'm just like that's what? the stupidest no. comment i've ever heard <laughs> like, yeah that's not that this is opposite exactly yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of that i would say you I can't just listen but not look you have to look the entire time it's yeah. visual storytelling Say like your yeah. eyes have to be on the screen because if you've got something with tons of dialogue constantly telling you what's happening, then the thing is you don't even really need to watch it. You can just listen and be able to follow along with the plot. But this is saying, nah, -uh. if you're not looking, you won't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. no, and absolutely. In an era where, like, I I hear a lot of people, you know, talk about uh, watching things in the background, and it's something that I occasionally do as well. Um, you know, you're you're listening to a certain show that you've seen before, sure. and, um, and you don't need to be watching it. You can be doing other things while you're watching it. Yeah, this is yeah, just the exact opposite. Where 
you need to be looking at the screen the whole time. And I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically the first 10 minutes that, you know, he's just trying to get away with baby Yoda in his, like, I don't know, like egg. <laughs> I know. I want to call it an egg, but now an egg is I know. Now <laughs> egg is something totally different. It almost looks like he took, like, somebody took the body from, like, BB 8 and then they just, like, cracked it open yeah. and turned it into convertible. Right? There's just like a, a hovering torso of BB 8 that this guy's riding around in. Um, right. But yeah, we do see that, you know, of course, like that this little baby Yoda creature that I mean, unsurprisingly, but it was nice to to see him in his little baby form actually trying to use the force, trying to heal him because he's got the instincts for it. I don't know how um, intelligent he is because he doesn't even talk. Yeah. Right. right? So it's like, I mean, is he really an infant? Yeah, I, I was I was going to uh, to bring this up he is 50 years old and yoda died when he was uh, around 900 right yeah something like that yeah yeah so i mean like but, let's but, let's like, let's go ahead and say you know just for simplicity's sake that uh basically 10 years to uh uh to one of yoda's species is like one year for ours that's how it kind of works out for yoda sure. right like if you just divided by 10 sure he was like 90 when he died then this baby should like should be like five years old yeah and he's still like a baby yeah. <laughs> right okay. or and she like... I, I guess i don't want to assume the gender <laughs> right we don't know and also yoda says in return of the jedi or well actually i think it was empire but he says he he's trained Jedi for eight hundred years, and if he dies at nine hundred, like, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a like, really good point. And he had to learn how to be a Jedi, so like, man, right. this baby's gonna have to speed up his developmental milestones. <laughs> yeah, maybe this baby's just a little bit slow. Like he's just he's not hitting developmental milestones. You know, <laughs> oh. he's developmentally delayed. Uh, that's why they want to study this one. Right. That is a good point, though. Yeah, that Yoda did say that. But, like, I was going to say, like, well, maybe, like, Yoda just, he aged horribly. That, like, they're supposed to live to, like, 3,000 years. And they looked at it, they're like, Yoda, you're, you're only 900. You look terrible. What happened to you? And it's like, much grief I have suffered. <laughs> well, like, I mean, the baby uses the Force, and then he's, like, really drained of energy. So maybe all of the, like, Force that Yoda uses is, like, taking his energy and decreasing him in hundreds of years. Yeah. And then... The baby is already on the process of losing hundreds of years. Right. So using the force is like meth to these Yoda creatures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another reason this baby is a criminal. That's right. <laughs> um, so, okay. That's the first third of the episode. Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. I loved seeing the Mandalorian uh, just disintegrate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All those different characters. I know I sound <laughs> awful right now, but no, just, like, I'm right there with you. It really was. Like, it, it was really awesome because, like, we we've heard like specifically again, Boba Fett, uh, no disintegrations. So Boba yeah. Fett was very much known for you know disintegrating uh, people, but we've never really known what it looks like, and now we actually get you know quite a few examples of <laughs> yeah. them just poofing yeah <laughs> yeah 
Like, it, even when he used it for the first time, I literally had a facial reaction because I was like, whoa. Like, and I was like, that is not what I was expecting. I was expecting him to just shoot the guy. And then it was like, whoa, he got disintegrated. Like, that is so cool. Like, yeah. and then, like, when he uses it, just, like, killing tons of Jawas. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was he's just not, like, he's oh, not my goodness. messing around. But yeah. it makes people. so much sense. <laughs> But it makes so much sense because you see all of all of these other people where, you know, yeah. they they shoot somebody with these ridiculous blasters that never hit their target. And then <laughs> when they do, then the person's still fine. That it's just, you know, oh, just grazed me. Uh, but right. or, you know, and then like they fall down, they're wounded and then you think they're gone and they get back up. It's like there's no mistaking it. It's just like it's like, well, that person's <laughs> yeah. not a threat anymore. I have eliminated right. that threat, right? It's just, just eliminating the threat in the most um, complete way possible. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, all right. So he's able to get the, like, you know, he escapes from those guys who kind of jump him in the cave, goes, like, tries to deal with his wound that he has, sees these Jawas who are robbing, like, stealing from his, like, all, like scavenging all the parts from his ship, goes after them, and then... He does not do well trying to attack them. Like he gets yeah. tased essentially, and um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't even yeah. get a shot off. He just stood there, had the gun out, and then got tased. I'm yeah. like, come on, man, you got to shoot one of them. And like, and this criminal baby Yoda creature just watched it all happen. Yeah. He didn't use the force to stop him from hitting the ground, and he just followed along. Like he's just like <laughs> watching this entertaining spectacle the entire way. Just like, whoo, this dude is getting lit up. Not to mention his like transportation thing can go really fast. Like, yeah. Like it was going so fast. I'm like, wow. Like he's staying yeah. with the thing. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious about that because it. It does seem like, uh, like essentially, it, it is, um, I guess, tethered to the Mandalorian's like wristwatch yeah. or wrist uh, uh, device thing, so that it, it basically just is constantly pulled toward it within yeah. you know a certain distance. Um, that was how I like interpreted that. Yeah. So, Basically, like, it was like uh, he was on a leash, and so <laughs> the carriage okay. is just like being rocketed <laughs> along. Yeah, um, gotcha. Yeah, because that, that scene when he's fighting the uh, big bull thing, and he like moves his wrist when the bull is charging at the yeah. like at Baby Yoda, and then it goes flying away. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that. That makes sense. Um, but it was still going really fast. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, might want to check to see if Baby Yoda has whiplash or not. But um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, so anyway, so then he goes and joins up with. I didn't realize in the first episode, but that creature dude, he's Nick Nolte, like played yeah. by Nick. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so he goes and meets up with that dude, the I Have Spoken Man, mm -hmm. and uh, who then says, "Yeah, we're gonna have to go and bargain with these guys." and trade uh, but okay so anyway so they like he reluctantly agrees to do this and then they go to their garage sale right because like they've got their garage sale in front of their land <laughs> yeah. barge whatever it is and uh, and then they they're trying to like make all of these deals now the one comment that i thought was interesting in there is when the mandalorian says you know I never relinquished my weapons. Like I've always got weapons. It's part of my religion. Like, Ooh. listen, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to judge his religion 
I, I believe in people being allowed to have their own beliefs, but that seems pretty convenient that you just make the religious argument for why you can't give up your guns. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, I can't. It's part of my religion. I hate this. Right. Like, yeah. And I was... Like, imagine the sermons. You go there and it's just like... You know, today we will be talking about the body disintegrator, Mark 8. It will <laughs> operate an 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> and everybody's like, amen. Woo! <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't, like, it's not even a specific weapon that he has to have on him. No. It's just he needs to have some kind of weapon for religious purposes. Which the wristband <laughs> still has, like, the flamethrower, yeah. so I mean, Right, okay. which I think is why he finally was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll leave the blaster here. <laughs> yeah. You know, in like all of these movies, like these action movies, when it's like give up your guns, and then like, you know, those funny scenes where they're pulling them from all kinds of different places. I wonder if that's what this religious this religion is. Like their version of the Pope is just like Robocop. You know what I mean? He's just like he's just got so much armor, so many weapons everywhere. Wait. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what I really want to know. What do they do? Like, do they watch like Terminator movies as like <laughs> movie night at this religious? I I want to know more about the religion and specifically how they worship weapons or violence or I don't know what it is. But I'm like, that's if funny. that's supposed to be a throwaway line, it's like it's no. I'm not letting this one go. I need to know everything about this now. Yeah, <laughs> right. it is kind of weird because like I like in the clone wars and rebels and like like the tv shows then like then the mandalorians like they do give up their weapons sometimes so it's like why does he not like i'm kind of confused and like i feel like this isn't just a oh well like this writer just changed it up and all that because like john favreau voiced one of the characters from the clone wars tv show who was a mandalorian and and Dave Filoni, who's an executive producer and directed the first episode, he, like, was the head creative, basically, of Star Wars The Clone Wars. So, like, I am... Yeah. I'm... I, I, I wonder if it's something, you know, as we had mentioned in uh, the episode one review, uh, where we don't really think that this guy is actually Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so maybe he's holding on to those beliefs more than the actual Mandalorians because he's trying to, you know, overcompensate essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, another thing is like, one of the things I'm wondering is like um, the Clone Wars TV show also talks about how like there's different, like basically like houses of Mandalorians. So there's like, or I'm not sure if they're called clans, but there's like house Vizla, which is like the leader uh, of that house during like um, the Clone Wars TV show, he's like the leader of the Mandalorians, and then like there's also like House Ren, and then like so there's like all these different houses, and so like I'm like maybe he's from one where like that is something that they don't do, they don't give up their weapons, they don't like surrender, right. they just right. always have that with them. So like that could maybe be something that um, that is going to be introduced and. So, um, cause they haven't really, uh, gone into all the houses and stuff so far. So I'm really excited to see if they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it could be too, that 
he's just not telling the truth that that's some, mm-hmm. like I say, right. like using the religious argument of I literally can't give up my weapons because it's part of my religion. Then it's like, mm-hmm. it's not. I totally fooled them. They weren't going <laughs> to question it because I said it was for religious grounds. <laughs> right. But it seems like he genuinely means it. Yeah. Like, and at the same time, he's then like, okie doke. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, man, he just gave up his, his most like, personally like (laughs) personal beliefs he just was like well okay i I, i'm not i'm not gonna take a taxi i guess i'll give it up (laughs) yeah well i think that's why like to me then like when he showed off the flamethrower then i was like oh okay so he does still have a weapon and wouldn't him being mandalorian wouldn't even his fists be weapons (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um yeah so Anyway, so then, like, they're like, okay, well, you know, I forget. What is the first thing that they demand from him that they want? Is it his, his armor? Metal? Yeah. yeah. Like his, his armor. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, then we want the Yoda creature, right? And then it's like, yeah. no, you can't have that. And then they demand the egg. And I was sure that they meant the carriage. The little, right. like, yeah. the baby carriage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Is it really, like, maybe the baby carrier is the more important thing, not even the creature <laughs> right. inside. That was what the bounty was about. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, never mind. It just, they literally want some egg. Um, <laughs> so, now, Tyler, you, you brought this up. So, like, he ends up, like, he goes and he fights this hairy rhino. I, yes. I don't know how else to describe it, right? But this hairy <laughs> rhino. And then the egg is hairy. And now I want to bring this up like once we're recording. Now, yeah. what is your what is your issue with this? <laughs> like, I don't understand why why a hairy creature automatically gives, you know, lays a hairy egg. Like, it's so <laughs> weird. It's like compassionate. There's, there's, yeah, there are multiple issues with this. So, yes, you are right. <laughs> Why does a hairy creature lay a hairy egg? That doesn't really make any sense because that just doesn't happen. Like a bird (laughs) has got feathers, but it doesn't lay a feathered egg. (laughs) Right? And like, this is obviously, they're like, it'll look cool. And it's like, and I don't know why, but it's so gross. Because if they just said that it was a giant coconut, right? I'd have no issue it because that is basically what a coconut looks like it's it's hairy but if you told me if you showed me a coconut and then you're like hey this is a coconut i'd be like all right that came from a tree they're like yeah that'd be like cool that's fine that doesn't gross me out but then if somebody showed me a coconut and they said that this came out of a mammal right (laughs) this came out of a mammal we want to crack this open and you're going to eat what's inside and i'm gonna i'm not eating anything that came out of a mammal (laughs) if it's like gross like that and then on top of the fact that mammals don't lay eggs and so (laughs) this should be like a lizard or a bird but it (laughs) sure seems like a mammal and the definition like part of the definition as far as i understand it is that mammals have live births right Right. that they don't lay eggs isn't that part of the definitions like the uh like the platypus (laughs) yeah yeah i guess you are right (laughs) you are right so okay okay yeah there are some all right there it could be an exception but it just seemed yeah. Anyway, so Jawas, man, like the, I, they don't even I cook mean, it, <laughs> right? Was, yeah, yeah, I was, I, yeah. I did not know why they wanted the egg. I was like, oh, maybe they want to like raise their own, yeah. uh, you know, security rhino or whatever. Um, yeah, they're willing they to. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> they're willing to give up all of the parts from a spaceship for one 
hairy egg that they're gonna have in like just a few minutes of eating it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I, I don't know. Unless like it's just it's such a delicacy and it's not even what we associate. Maybe it's more like the the uh, Cadbury egg where it's like <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the Cadbury egg content and they're just like, ooh, this is so good. <laughs> Man, I'm just glad that that egg was not uh, further along in its development, though. Like, uh, they could have yeah. been, you know, like, this... been pretty gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would they have um, made him go back to get another one, though? Because... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, this one's no good. Specify. <laughs> we want the hair on the outside, not on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. But yeah, so he, so in any case, so he fights this hairy rhino and then again gets lit up. He, for this warrior dude, he's not very good at fighting. (laughs) Yeah, he's apparently great against uh, humanoids, but terrible against animals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and well, but he loses against the Jawas as well. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen him get defeated like three times already. Yeah. And yeah. he does massacre a few of the Jawas. I mean, oh, he gets yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets them pretty good first. So, yeah, yeah, and then and then yeah, and even he's... like even when he's climbing up the uh, the side of the uh, sand crawler, I think it's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, um, then he does you know get a few of them out of there and everything with them. Probably. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm saying that if it wasn't for Nick Nolte's character, he would have died. If it wasn't for yeah. Yoda, he would have died. Or baby, <laughs> whatever this baby Yoda creature is, he would have died. And then he, like, you know, would have been in pretty big trouble, like, falling off of that land barge as well, like, when he gets tased. I'm saying those are, like, yeah. three really bad defeats from these things that really shouldn't be... To me, right. <laughs> shouldn't be defeating him that easily. Yeah, I get the big hairy rhino, rhino, but like the other two is just like, yeah. like one's like a tiny dinosaur, and then like Jawas, <laughs> yeah. and you could have shot at least one of them. Yeah, because like, he's already got the gun pulled when he gets up there, and then he just looks at them and then just gets tased. I'm like, you didn't even shoot one of them. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with it. It's just, it's it's surprising to me. Yeah. Because yes. in an age when, like, in this age of superheroes and these invulnerable characters where nothing can stop them except for that ultimate villain that they have to defeat right at the very end. There's usually, like, a small defeat when they first confront that big bad villain, and then yeah. they come back and ultimately, despite, you know, uh, you know, crazy odds are able to defeat that big bad villain but in this it's just like oh no he just gets like beat up multiple times by creatures that are not that like powerful yeah and again after in the first episode they said that he was like one of the best yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is one of your best okay so (laughs) now i heard that these guys they go up that these guys historically and, and luke this is where we need your expertise but the Mandalorians have historically been the enemies to the Jedi. Is that right? Yes. There was a whole war that happened because, uh, well, basically there's this one guy who was like the leader of House Vizsla, which is also like, he was like the first uh, like Mandalorian Jedi. And, oh. um, and then he created something called the Dark Saber, which is basically a lightsaber, but the blade is black. And um, mm. so and like that is kind of shows like who the leader is. And then so anyway, basically he 
uh, I forget if he dies or if he just becomes like just doesn't be a Jedi anymore or whatever. But anyway, so basically the Jedi keep the blade and then the Mandalorians are like, wait a second, like we want that because our leader had it and like that is like a symbol now of like like who the leader is and kind of like a representation of like leadership. And so then the Jedi were like, well, we're not going to give it back because it's like a, it's a lightsaber. Like, we can't give it this to you. So then they're like, well, we're going to take it then. And then they steal it. And then the Jedi, like, want it back. So then they go after him. So then there's this big fight. And basically it's a war that happens between the Jedi and Mandalorians. Sounds so. like rival colleges. We're going to steal your mascot <laughs> yeah. before the big game. Yeah. And then we're going to steal yours. We're going to steal it back. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just very confused as to how a lightsaber can be all black. The absence um, of light. It's an un yeah. lightsaber. That, well, like, I know it's like canon. Is it's it like, like a black hole? Right. <laughs> how do you turn this thing on? You got to turn it off to turn it on. It's an lightsaber. <laughs> okay, but also like. I'm kind of confused because, like, in canon for Star Wars, like, kind of, like, who you are determines what color your lightsaber is going to be. Mm. So, like, how do you get black? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow, you must be, like, a, either a terrible person or you just have no soul. <laughs> no soul. Yeah. We, we all know what color Tyler's would be. He would insist it would be orange, but based off of what his camera's doing, it's going to be pink. He's going to have a hot pink lightsaber. <laughs> it's orange, I swear! <laughs> yeah, in case you did not know, people, like, if, like from, we talked about it earlier in the podcast. He really is in an orange room, but his camera shows it as being hot pink, and we don't know why. <laughs> it's really remarkable. Um but um, so anyway, I, the one of the reasons why I brought it up is just because I was thinking about the Mandalorian saying about how, you know, weapons are part of his religion. Right. And so I just thought that's interesting that you've got Mandalorians where they are religious and the Jedi are described like it's the right. Jedi religion. And so it's like yeah. these two warring religions. And, you know, one of them is very much this warrior religion based mm -hmm. off of you know yeah. violence and weapons and yeah. then the jedi in a lot of ways are peacemakers right yeah. where they're trying to be at one with the force and understand that they are part of everything but the opposite of that is, is violence which is to dominate nature and dominate the universe and dominate your mm -hmm. enemy um rather than you know moving with it and accepting yeah right do you, do you know what i mean by that yeah it's just and, that's an yeah. interesting thing because i've always thought of like the sith as being mm -hmm. the antithesis to the jedi but it's interesting that you've got this other group as well yeah and like that's spot on because like um even the way that they determine the leader is like whoever has like this dark saber is what they call it like you can like anyone can challenge them and if they beat them then like kill them then they become the leader so then, like, you can just, like, pretty much, if you're the best, then you get to be the leader. Um, and right. then even, like, <clears throat> in the Clone Wars show, basically their storyline is that um, they become, like, a peaceful group. But then there's just, like, this, like, these other people, like, these other Mandalorians. And they're like, well, we don't want to be peaceful because our roots are, like, we are warriors. So we have to, like, 
be warriors. <clears throat> and <clears throat> um, so then basically they start attacking uh, the city and trying to take it back over and take over Mandalore and bring it back to what it was. So you're spot on with that, like with what you were saying um, yeah. about the Mandalorians and Jedi. So, yeah. So it's interesting then Tyler, I, I do want your comment. I just want to add this little part here. So it's interesting then that if that's the case and if that's the history, then I think that this makes the show a lot more interesting mm, and yes. that, you know, he has now rescued this baby Yoda creature who very clearly is tuned into the force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All right, Ty. That that is exactly what I was going to say, actually. <laughs> oh, perfect. I just I wanted to say yeah. that because I'm like, oh no, I don't want to lose that little thought. There. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead if you have more yeah, to add no, to I, that. I, I think that that is uh, just fabulous that <laughs> that this is actually, um, uh, you know, that he's going to presumably have to uh, struggle at least with yeah. figuring out how he can care for this foundling which clearly he has uh you know a a history of being a foundling himself um uh against what his religion and his culture uh is saying is uh uh he should do which is you know destroy the jedi so right um Mm. yeah it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that uh develops then yeah yeah but I, and I guess part of it too, like when we're thinking about this idea that they have been kind of mortal enemies of the Jedi, mm. then seeing this Mandalorian character who's supposed to be one of the best, then I'm like, how much of a war was it against the Jedi? Wouldn't the Jedi just like destroy these guys? Like, because <laughs> I mean, yeah. like Jawas were able to take him out. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, I'm like, how much of a war was it? But yeah. Maybe. Well, the Mandalorians call it a war. We we just called it a slaughter. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so he he fights the the hairy rhino and then very obviously is, is you know going to die, but he's gonna die with his you know little blade in hand, right? His <laughs> dagger, and then uh, you know baby Yoda creature saves him, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Now I think I know that other people already have been kind of debating this, but do you think that Yoda not only like holds it where he's kind of like freezing it in place but he's also uh, to me he he's done something to this creature like i don't know squeezed its heart or its throat or something because the guy goes and just with one stab with a blade that's maybe yeah. four or five inches long maybe it's a six inch blade i don't know but it wasn't very long and then it's just yeah dead <laughs> I was yeah. uh, I was considering having our sponsor be like insta kill knives because <laughs> it was just like oh just this tiny little knife stab and all of a sudden the creature dies like it was right. so. The only thing strange. I heard that kind of explained how that could be if it really was a wound from the knife is that if the blade itself had you know poison in it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. To me, I think Baby Yoda did something to this thing. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? You, like, you, you try to like open up a jar of pickles and you know, like you get somebody <laughs> else to do it and it's like, the first person's like, yeah, well, I loosened it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think that's what happened. It's like, Baby Yoda got it like 90% of the way there. And right. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because of course, um, at least it it did seem like uh, for for a while that Yoda and uh, uh, and by extension his species were more on the uh, peaceful side, not wanting to kill anybody, right? Yeah. And, mm. And so this is kind of so that's why I'm like oh, I don't nope. know, but then he does like kill a bunch of clones in, <laughs> in episode three. So <laughs> yeah, but well, it's like, also go ahead, Luke. Um, even then, like, because this is Baby Yoda, so we don't really know if he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, he might have just been sure. trying mm-hmm. to hold up the Rhino, but maybe by accident, basically killed it. And yeah, like so. I don't know, maybe not, but... And you see the baby Yoda creature studying the Mandalorian when he's mm-hmm. fighting. Like, that's that's the best word for it. You see him looking at him yeah. and he's studying what he's doing and then, like, against the Jawas where you can yeah. see that he's seeing him and, and even against, like, the other guys who attack him in the cave, uh, he's observing that, oh, this guy is destroying these people. He is just, like, completely massacring them um and he but it's it doesn't seem to be really there's no real approval or disapproval on his face it's more just uh, a studious expression of just like Mm. trying to understand of oh okay that's what you're doing that's how you're dealing with these people attacking and i think it's interesting because this baby Yoda creature seems to feel comfortable and safe with the Mandalorian. And it's like, Mm -hmm. he's recognizing he is protecting me. Other people are trying to hurt me. Um, But it does also seem like, because when you see him shooting the Jawas, then I don't know. I would think to me, my impression would be, wouldn't this baby Yoda creature look at that and then say like, um, these are pretty like helpless creatures that you are just killing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, but he doesn't seem to really take a judgment, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is really interesting. And I do think that, uh, I, I have to compliment, uh, the, the show, the creators, um, on making baby Yoda so expressive. Yeah. Um, when he's, like he's so tiny and cute and adorable. I had so many awe moments during this episode. Um, but uh, but like the way that his ears move and yes mm-hmm. uh, and everything, like it it's fantastic. It's so well done yeah. um, that you do get to see. You know when he's nervous and. Uh, exactly things like that so yeah and yeah and when the mandalorian is killing those creatures he doesn't look scared he doesn't look exuberant he doesn't look jubilant he doesn't look um disapproving or disgusted he just looks like somebody who is trying to learn trying to figure this out going Mm -hmm. oh okay it's it's almost it's not quite a neutral expression but it's it's a curious expression Mm -hmm. right Right. he just seems genuinely curious about what's happening and it's like he's kind of learning from this warrior person of oh okay that's an interesting tactic or that's what you do to deal Mm -hmm. with these people um trying to figure this guy out um so it's just I'm, i'm not quite sure what to make of it but it's like i say it is interesting this creature's reaction to the mandalorian um, yeah. So he does end up saving him. The hairy rhino thing dies, and uh, you know the Jawas they get their egg, and then they go on one of those. You know, it, like, it wasn't quite 
a, a montage, but it was getting pretty close to like a 1980s montage of let's fix this thing up. <laughs> yeah. Right. And <laughs> right. Then it's like fast motion of like, do, 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 do. Yeah. So really like just yeah. putting all the parts in place. That honestly <laughs> just gave me so much appreciation for the Jawas. Like, man, they took this thing apart. Like, <laughs> yeah. <quick>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I have two things to say about that. Number one is, does he not lock his ship when he leaves? Because there was stuff missing from the inside. Like, there was wires and stuff hanging from the roof. Like, I'm I mean, like... I guess if they, if they take off the doors, then... <laughs> I right. guess so. That's true. But and then the second thing is, I felt like this montage or whatever was a little too similar to getting the shoulder pad from the first episode. Mm. And, like, it was, it was really similar, in my opinion, especially because, like, we get the scene where, like, they hit the hammer on something and it makes a noise while it's like someone else's like someone else's head like face kind of faded yeah. behind that and it was like it's all like to me it was almost like um they did episode one and then episode two is also being filmed and then once the person who like directed episode two saw episode one they were like oh my goodness they did a montage too and they're like, oh, yeah. we didn't talk this over. Like, I was also going to do a montage of them fixing the ship. But they also did one of him getting the shoulder pad. And I was like, well, it just seems a little too similar. And so... I, I mean, yeah, I did. I, I thought there were multiple moments in this episode where I saw a flashback coming. Right? Mm -hmm. Basically. Oh, sorry, Nathan. Uh, we, we lost your audio there. I don't know what's going on. Oh, we have it we back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I was just saying that um, I, I thought that there were multiple moments in this episode where I saw a flashback coming. Like when he gets yeah. tased yeah. and he falls off of the Jawa yeah. land barge I, and then he hits the, the ground. I'm like, oh, this is now going to go into a flashback because that's exactly yeah. what TV shows and movies do. Yeah. You know? yeah. The character's injured. Oh, this is perfect. Now we can give all of this backstory because <laughs> yeah. now yeah. they're dreaming and they're kind of in this dazed state. And then I was like, uh, I kind of rolled my eyes and I'm like, here we go. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, the same thing like with the the hairy rhino coming towards him i'm like oh his life is gonna flash before his eyes here we go and then it didn't happen and then yeah the striking uh of you know like the mallets and whatever as they're trying to repair the ship that i'm like oh this is just like in you know episode one here we go um so i do wonder though because it just seemed such obvious places to do flashbacks if they did originally consider having flashbacks in those moments instead of having it in episode one and mm, I yeah. think it probably would have made I would have appreciated it more in episode two, but not in episode one, because episode one didn't mm. seem that traumatic when she's like hammering on this thing yeah, to create right. the shoulder armor. Um, it would have made yeah. more sense to me when he felt more threatened or when he was just knocked out. Yeah. And, and I would have liked to have waited a little bit longer to learn more about him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see their their reasoning, if, if that is the case, uh, for moving it to episode one, because in that in episode one, then they are talking about uh, uh, his his fa his past. And so it does kind of tie in a little better there um, rather than just being uh I guess obscure. Uh, yeah, but if he's yeah, but I'm saying but if he is one of these guys of don't try to figure me out. Right. right. Yeah. Then it would have been okay. So you're talking about my past. Like I'm not going to think about it though. 
It's that yeah. he would only think about this at his most vulnerable moment. Because yeah. um, it seems like he is avoiding these um, very self-reflective moments. That he just, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to reflect too much. He doesn't want to talk about his feelings, yeah. right? It, and so I'm like, to me, it just makes more sense of saying to the audience, you want this, but we're going to deny this to you because this character doesn't want to deal with his own past. And the only time that he will is when he, it's just his defenses are completely shut down. And right. then it'll come to him. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's That's just how I look at it. But I do suspect, and I, I mean, I don't know, but I suspect that there was some debate amongst the writers mm -hmm. of where that actually goes, whether it would be in episode one or episode two. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, mm -hmm. Another thing that I, I am so glad, like it was, uh, it was a near eye rolling moment <laughs> for me was um, when he offers uh, Nick Nolte's character uh, oh yeah, you know I could use someone like you on my ship, and I was like, oh no, is this gonna be like, yeah, he recruited him because they yeah. became friends over the course of four days or however long it is, um, and I was just like, oh good, he he totally shut him down. <laughs> this yeah. this show continues to surprise me because it continues to divert from the expected path. Because Ooh. if you're looking at Joseph Campbell's theory of the the hero's journey which george lucas was specifically following when he created star wars then that is exactly what should happen is that our, our protagonist descends into like so we meet our protagonist in the ordinary world descends into like the call to adventure or call to action um meets uh boons along the way like meets these friends these companions who end up coming alongside him on his journey he's like all of these things and then it's just like nope 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 that we're not quite following this because that's exactly what should happen according to yeah. the hero's journey and according to most hollywood screenplays we've introduced this character and, and you know you go to this new place you meet this character that you're trying to figure out who they are and now they're going to be your friend and now they're going to be with you for the rest of the story and mm -hmm. i was going to ask you guys because this is a, a genuine question that that i have um I mean, I've basically already made up my mind, so I'll ask it this way. Um, at what point is this character, Nick Nolte, going to come back? Because <laughs> I don't think, because I think that they're like, it, I think it's a fake out. I don't think it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, he's there for two episodes and he helped him with this. I think he's yeah. going to end up on the ship. I still think they're going to go there. I just think that they're mm -hmm. delaying it for whatever reason. It's, it's interesting because with... Um... IG-11 uh, from episode one, voiced the, by... Uh, the um, coat rack. Taiko rack. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Voiced by Taiko Waititi. Um, then he apparently had, like, a whole bunch of merchandise and everything dedicated to him, like, shirts with him on it and stuff. And then he dies in the first episode. So I... People are like, oh, well, so then how is he going to come back? And I'm like, I, I don't know that he is and i i don't know though because with there being like so much merchandise around him for like he's only in like 10 minutes or something mm -hmm. so i don't know it, how this series is going to move forward it, it is very curious because it does seem like yeah. it would it would make so much sense 
for IG-11 to join the crew and then for this Nick Nolte yeah. character to yep. join the crew. That's exactly but, what you would expect, right? Yeah, but it just seems mm. like they're really trying to shut that down and be like, no, nah, uh-huh. we're, we're not going to go on those paths. Right. That is that is 100% what it is. And and because, yeah, that's, that's the exact thing that I was thinking from episode one. I'm like, oh, they're obviously going to join up. And then he just shoots him. He shoots yeah. him in, in the head. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So that diverted from the expected path. Mm. And at the same time, then I don't think that they're going to be committed to this. I Even though we're two full yeah. episodes in and it, it has not followed what I expected we would get. Like, it's, it's not really doing this conventional story. Um, you know, it's very visual, not a lot of dialogue. We don't really know character names. We're not getting real, really into the past of the Mandalorian. We don't know who the big bad villain is. Like, it's just like none of that stuff. We're being denied, denied, denied. And I'm like, but I think they're just delaying all of this i think we're gonna get there with everything and i feel like it's a game of chicken of just you know how long until they ultimately say all right he's now got a sidekick and another sidekick and here's who the big bad villain is and i think it is going to be that ig11 i do think it's going to be nick nolte's character Mm -hmm. dude that they're going to get reunited and you know ig11 is going to be like oh yeah don't worry my wiring harness is not in my head I'm actually okay, right? You temporary because he said that he didn't hit my wiring harness, right? So that's how he was fine initially, right? He's gonna be right. like, oh, yeah, it was it was not a mortal wound. I think they're all coming back um, because I think that it is still going to do the conventional um, storyline, and I think that just because it, you know, it is Lucasfilm, it, it's Disney. I it, this is not an independent television show it's not an independent film Mm -hmm. i i don't see them continuing to be this unconventional Mm -hmm. i'd I'd love it if they were i'd love it if they do maintain this i just have no faith that they will right yeah i do have a little bit of faith because john favreau it seems is the only writer of the show and i but he's not doing that that without notes from the the studio yeah um so I, I, I almost have a like I have a little faith, especially because like I don't know I do and I don't I, because like there have been things where it's like hmm I think that he had more, a lot more creative choice than this or and then like because like with the Jungle Book I'm like well I feel like that was a lot of what he was deciding to do and then with the Lion King I feel like they were like Disney was potentially like oh well we can't change this one too much because it's like too loved by people so we need to keep the lion king the same so with this i'm like i don't know if the like i think and star wars is a lot bigger but at the same time it's kind of a live action tv show so i could i could see it going both ways but um i think it's probably more likely what you were saying how eventually it will be more conventional yeah and i'm not gonna say that i that i have faith um, but I do have hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I hope that they don't go down that that road of revisiting this planet and, yeah, getting these uh, <laughs> uh, these characters to become one of the team and all that. Yeah. It's um, happening. It's happening. <laughs> I know, but I have hope that it won't. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Rebellions and I don't even are know... built on hope. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, my thing is, like, in part, like, even going outside of the actual story of what we're getting on screen, that you are right, Tyler, and I have seen stuff with merchandise for IG-11. Is that the, the droid's name? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I and then this Nick Nolte character, to me, it just, it seems like that's too much screen time. Yeah to just abandon these characters and not return to them. And I don't think that this is just some kind of um, opening montage that we're getting, or um, I forget, there's there's a better word for it. But in any case, that uh, I, I don't think that this is just like the opening act to the story. Yeah. And then we're not going to see these characters again. I really do think that they're going to come back in. It just, it seems like as far as conventional Hollywood storytelling, this is too long to spend with characters, too much screen time to yeah. then just say, and that's it, especially with like the Nick Nolte character. But I think with IG 11 as well, I think. I, I, I agree. And then I think back to episode one with the blue fish dude. And we spent a fair bit of time with him. Uh, I mean, even him, then he very likely could come back as well. He's only in Carbonite. That's true. But I don't <laughs> think he's as much of a liked character. No. Like, especially because, like, he, even if... He wouldn't like, make a sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Even if Nick Nolte is, like... He, if he's not in the rest of the season, like, there's, I think, too many people who are like, wow, I like his character. Like, you know, I have spoken and all that. Like, it's just kind of becoming yeah, they gave a little bit too popular. Phrase. They yeah, gave both of them so a catchphrase. I will self-destruct, yeah. and I have spoken. Yeah. Both yeah. of them have got catchphrases. You don't establish, like, as far as, like, from a Disney standpoint, a Lucasfilm standpoint, you don't give characters catchphrases to just say, and that's it. Like, we're not going to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I could also see it being the, uh, I guess, more episodic formula of, uh, you know, him going to a different planet meeting a couple interesting characters and then he leaves that planet and then goes to a different planet sees a couple of interesting characters and then leaves yeah especially because uh -huh. it's like more of a western format for how the story mm -hmm. is being done and that does happen in westerns like they'll just come across this person who like teaches them how to like either i don't know be better at like at drawing their gun and shooting fast or something like yeah. that so i could see that being one of the ways that they go um because if they're keeping it to a western like genre like like completely western then i do think that's how they'll do it but i am curious to see which one they do end up going with yeah yeah he needs a mechanic and he's going to need help he's yeah. clearly terrible <laughs> at fighting so he's going to need IG-11 because <laughs> we've seen him get defeated essentially three times so far in two episodes. <laughs> he doesn't, he seems completely incapable of fixing his ship in any way. And he's going to come across the big bad villain that he's going to have to deal with, who is going to be coming after this Yoda creature. And he's going to know, I need help. I can't do this on my own. And yeah. these guys are going to get reintroduced. I mean, I, that's not even like, I'm not trying to do it in, in an impressive way of like, oh, I'm a psychic <laughs> or whatever. I'm just saying, this is why I get frustrated with conventional Hollywood screenplays yeah. is yeah. because they don't challenge what we're accustomed to when it comes to narrative. They don't mm -hmm. really do daring things. And even when they 
do. It's just, it's a fake out. It's, it's a game yeah. of chicken. It's how long can we pretend that we're going to do an unconventional narrative before it goes right back to being conventional. And because yeah. that has to satisfy audiences and man, I would love it if they did something, you know, that was, um, I don't know, I, I guess challenging for audiences. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of satisfying yeah. the audience, I, I just I'm yeah. sick of this. Of like, we just like we have to satisfy them, satisfy them, satisfy them. It's like challenge me, make me think, make me fight for meaning for themes in this. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, make this a, a story that is difficult to um, follow, right? Like they're not going to do any of that stuff though because yeah. they're like, but the ten year olds, the eight year olds won't be able to follow <laughs> this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do. I I do think that you're right. Um, I just I I still hold on to that little bit of hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's my issue, though, is that I'm like, but the first two episodes have been good, and they're not doing that. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, this is gonna be such a letdown when it ends up doing what I'm sure it's gonna do. And if it doesn't do that, I'm gonna be really grateful. Like this is like right. this is why yeah. you should be cynical like me because then <laughs> then if it ends up not being bad then you go hey I was pleasantly surprised but instead <laughs> if you've got high expectations then you're just like everything's like that was disappointing <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah um yeah uh, all right and and I did want to mention uh, Luke you mentioned this just before we uh, started recording. Um, that you said there are only going to be eight episodes in season yeah. one. Mm -hmm. My goodness, this episode was so short, uh, like 32 minutes. And yeah. uh, isn't this the most video. expensive television show of all time? <laughs> I don't know. I think the budget for in total was like 150 million. Yeah. Ooh. That's what I heard. I heard that it was 150 million. Yeah. And as far as I understand, that that's more. I don't know if Game of Thrones has spent more mm -hmm. than that on on an individual season, but 150 yeah. million for eight episodes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like close to 20 million an episode. Uh huh. Let's see some crazy stuff happen in the next few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, not to mention like. We're a quarter into the season, and like, he just got off of this planet. Like, right. yep. I'm like, this is very interesting because like, we're a quarter in, and he just got off of this like this planet. Feels like this is like a 24 or 23 episode season. Yeah, like, yeah. The pacing is, seems way hey, off for an eight yeah. episode season. This doesn't yeah. seem like we are a quarter through. This yeah. season, a yeah. quarter. <laughs> yeah. I, I am, I am really curious if we're going to start seeing longer episodes, and they were just like, oh well, this episode is you know a little shorter um, yeah. because not much needed to happen. But I, 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 I don't believe that. I, I do think yeah. that this is uh, uh, that this is going to be about the average length for these episodes. And... I think so too, which is weird for a drama. For an action, yeah. like an action sci-fi drama like this, yeah, like you you see that with a comedy, but you don't really see very many, you know, intense action drama sci-fi stories that are thirty minutes in length. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and now we have to wait a, a 
an entire week before <laughs> <Yep>. another episode. <laughs> yeah. And there's not, and it's interesting too, because now that we've got that gap of a full week between this one and episode three, it, mm-hmm. it's not like at the end of episode one, then you're like, whoa, there's a Yoda creature. And it's like, yeah. what do we have at the end of this to say, like, what are we going to talk about for the next week? Whoa, Yoda woke up. <laughs> like, that's it. We still have no idea who the villain is. There is yeah, no real yeah. twist. We don't know what the we don't know who the villain is. We don't know who wants this baby Yoda creature. We don't know for what purpose. We don't know how there's going to be any conflict. This is yeah. basically end of the story. There, he had to go after this thing. He's got his bounty, and now his ship got repaired, and now he's returning. And it's just yeah, like that's it. Overture mm-hmm. is the word that I was thinking of before. It seems like it's an oh, opening yes. overture, like oh, like an overture yes. to to the mm-hmm. series. Or it's like basically you're getting all of the themes, all of the tone. You're getting introduced to all of the characters. Yeah. So it's like there, that's the world that we're dealing with. And I feel like that's maybe what this is. That the first two episodes, it's really just an overture for the whole season. Mm-hmm. But even with that, we have no idea who the villains are. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. And I'm presuming there's going to be villains. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, uh, unless uh, I, I could see it going the more, I don't know a better way to say it other than like episodic kind of uh, route of, you know, just doing like a couple episodes yeah. at a time mm-hmm. um, and just having like pairs of episodes be like full mini stories. So what, you within... think he's going to just drop off this Yoda creature and then they're no, just going to say, here's I know, another I bounty? Here's I... <laughs> another puck? Go and get this I one? Don't... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I feel like we're going to see I don't know, I guess more of the, the villain reveal themselves in episode three and then he goes to like the planet to, uh, uh, to face off against the villain or something. Um... Mm-hmm. And then that might be somewhat resolved in episode four. And then, I don't know, there will be a bigger villain that's revealed. And I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that there's... it. Yeah, it, it, it's such a strange opening couple of episodes. I think that he's going to bond with the Yoda creature. He's going to realize, yeah. I can't turn it over. They're going to kill this thing. And I don't really know what I'm dealing with here. And then it's going to be man on the run. Everyone's going to be coming after him. All of the bounty hunters are going to be now coming after him. And then he's going to have to recruit some friends along the way. So he's going to have to go back to his one good friend of Nick Nolte. And that IG-11 character is going to be there. Which Nick Nolte can fix. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's just going to be that. Like, that's, to me, that's what it's going to be. And... By the way, for anybody who's watching this, if you are interested in a story about a bounty hunter who then has all bounty hunters going after him and he goes on the run, that is actually my debut novel, Orphans of Liberty. That is specifically the story that I told in that. So, like, when we're talking about The Mandalorian and, like, I'm saying, I demand more. I want more from this. It's like, I genuinely like this this plot. I like like this story. I like the Western um, Mm -hmm. elements, which I infused into my own book. And, yeah, if you're interested, interested that you can certainly read that you can buy it on amazon but um yeah like i mean i think that's where this is going i mean like that is the most yeah. interesting place to go with the show is that the bounty hunter is ultimately going to have to go on the run he's going to have all the other bounty hunters coming after him and he's going to have to recruit friends people who he can actually trust um mm. 
And we know for sure, at the very least, it's going to be that Nick Nolte character that he can uh, trust and can help him with the ship. And then he's going to need some more physical help in terms of fighting off these other bounty hunters. And I think that's yeah. where you get IG-11. And because I think he's not going to... He's obviously bonding with the Yoda creature. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the... Um, uh, Werner Herzog character, right? I, I realize that's who it is, like, in the first episode. The right, slow right. talking. Yeah. yeah. Yes, bounty yeah. hunting is a dangerous <laughs> profession. <laughs> that dude, I think, like, he's sort of, like, he's part of the, the villains in this and, mm-hmm. like, wanting to do something. I don't know, suck the force out of this Yoda creature, bottle yeah. it, extract it, bottle it, and sell it to the Sith. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, I also feel like there's going to be a rival bounty hunter show up at some point who's, like one of the people who he's been competing with like the most because that seems how it usually goes and like that's fine but like i also kind of want it to be like because if he does go on the run i want to see some cool bounty hunters because like there's been so many cool ones that have just an appearance in star wars and i want to see them do stuff that's awesome like yeah there was even just like pretty much a throwaway one in star wars the clone wars the tv show who's like He's like some alien with this big metal hat on his head and he's got like a crossbow and like this wolf that helps him. Like, I want to see that guy mm. show up and like try and maybe collect this bounty. That'd be cool. Like, just like ones who are just like out of nowhere. Not to mention you don't have to pay the person who's playing him very much because he was just an animated character who I don't even know if he had any lines in the show. But like, right. so you don't have to pay the people very much to play these characters like. So and yeah, and we sort of got that in the cave, right? Weren't those competing bounty hunters who were coming yeah. after the Yoda creature, right? Because you had that little fob that dropped down to yeah. the, the floor of the cave. So it's like I think it's going to be a lot more of that, of just that yeah. we're dealing with the underworld of the Star Wars universe, where you've got all of these bounty hunters, and most of them have little to no ethics, uh, yeah. and so they're they're willing to do whatever it takes and that we know that our Mandalorian character, he does have a sense Mm -hmm. of ethics, right? Personal ethics at the very least. And that's why I'm saying he's not going to be able to turn over the Yoda creature. um, And he's going to have to go on the run, Mm -hmm. which I think is going to be good. I'm not saying that's going to be bad. I think it's, it's going to be good and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm saying it is kind of a fake out of goodbye, Nick Nolte character. Goodbye, IG 11. And it's like, I don't believe you. Well, it, 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 (laughs) Yeah, it's either going to be uh, he doesn't turn over the Yoda creature and then or he has to get it run. back. Yeah, or he has to get it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, All right. Um, I know, Luke, that you, you said you've got to go uh, pretty much at this time. So I guess mm-hmm. we should wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys have any final thoughts on the episode? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, me it too. Was, uh, it, was, it was really great, really different. <laughs> um, yeah. I am very curious to see what happens when he uh, gets back to whatever planet uh, the, the rest mm-hmm. of this bounty hunter organization or, or Guild. Whatever, whatever guild yeah. uh, is and, and see how everything plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I... I I don't know. Cute baby Yoda. That's he's so adorable. <laughs> like just the, the cutest thing ever. <laughs> he is. He is. I kind of resent it because I'm just like 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it just it just seems just so transparent of how can we get as big of an audience as possible? Well, like for the kids and oh, for yeah. you know other it's like absolutely you know, the baby Groot of this series. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Casual viewers, they're like, I don't care about Star Wars, but oh, you know, yeah. somebody's watching on TV. They're like, hey, look, it's Baby Yoda, and then they come in the room. They're like, oh, isn't he just the cutest? And then they stay and watch. <laughs> and they pull in more viewers that way. And I'm just like, it just feels so transparent. And I'm like, not that that's a bad thing. They're making it more watchable, and they're pulling in more audiences. And, and, and like that is ultimately a good thing. You want to tell a story that lots of people want to be interested in. It's just kind of yeah. the contrarian in me who's just like, no, make it niche, <laughs> make it obscure, make it difficult. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, no, it is. He is. He's a super cute character. Um, perhaps the reincarnated Yoda himself. I mean, right. <laughs> would it really be that far off? I mean, we're getting Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. I mean, there, there's uh, that, and I also heard that maybe he's uh, like. I'm not, I, I, I've like done no background. I'm trying to go into Rise of Skywalker blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything about Rise of Skywalker. I was just oh, going to okay. say that like maybe it's like a clone version of Yoda. That mm. is possible too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, I, I heard there's a little bit of evidence in episode one that indicates that. I don't know if you guys huh. want me to say it or not, because I know you guys don't like stuff to be spoiled, but this is already from episode one. You want me to say it? I would. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious. So, apparently, one of the guys, when he was in there with uh, Werner Herzog and those other dudes, one of them had an insignia on, I think, like his shoulder or something like that. I'm not sure if it was one of the stormtroopers or that other dude who came in and said, You can't kill this, like the bounty. Then apparently, it's the same insignia that you see at the, the clone facility in episode two. Oh, yes. Yes. So uh -huh. if that's the case, then you say, Okay baby Yoda creature, somebody with the clone insignia on them, mm -hmm. is that what's going on here? And then the, that or the, they want to make clones. Yeah. They want to make clones out of it or, you know, are they've they've been cloning these Yoda creatures because they're so rare in the galaxy and mm. one of them has now escaped and that's going to, you know, ultimately reveal their big plan because imagine you go into like this facility and it's just a whole bunch of baby yodas oh man that would be so adorable but at the same time <laughs> it would be awful <laughs> yeah it's just like cuteness overload overload you know just all yeah. those giant blinking eyes <laughs> thoughts on it uh i don't think so i think i'm good yeah me too yeah so on to episode three we'll have an uh a podcast next week uh very likely it'll be released on saturday of next week and so yeah feel free to comment below on what you thought of it on any thoughts that you have and feel free to like subscribe share all of that stuff all right folks thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time bye bye Bye. Ignore the bell, people. We're going to keep going. We're still ignoring it. Don't worry. I I I don't know what that I think that's the fire drill. All right. We're just, we're going to go home. Yeah, all right. We're done.